Sermon 46 of the Sermons upon the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians by John Calvin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Put upon you the whole armour of God, that ye may withstand all the assaults of the devil. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against of lords of this world, the governors of the darkness of this world, and against the spiritual wickednesses that are in the heavenly places. Wherefore, take to you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and stand fast when ye have performed all things. Stand fast, therefore, having your loins girt with truth, and being clothed with the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking about all things the shield of faith, whereby you may quench all the fiery darts of wickedness. Also take to you the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I showed you this morning why St. Paul speaketh here of the force and crafts of Satan, that is to wit, to wake us, that we be not taken unawares, as it happeneth oftentimes. Therefore it standeth us on hand to know with what manner of enemy we have to do, that the same may stir us up to resist him. True it is, that at the first we might be abashed by comparing our own weakness with the practices and preparations of Satan, whereof mention is made here. But the remedy thereof is set down therewithal, as I have touched already, and as St. Paul proceedeth to show yet more at length. Therefore he saith first that the encounter which we have to deal in is much more hard and dangerful than if all the men in the world did set themselves against us. For the force of Satan is above them all. And that is the cause why he saith that our fighting is not against flesh and blood. By these words he doth us to understand that we have not to stand against mortal men only. It is true that men shall oftentimes bid us battle, yea, and they shall be Satan's underlings to torment us. But that is not the thing that we must stick at. For the devil serves his turn by them to drive us to despair, or to provoke us to revengement and to make us grumble against God. Howsoever the case stand, the wicked do never trouble us, but they be egged to do it by another, that is to say by Satan, who ruleth them, and is their head, and setteth them a work, to the ends aforesaid. Therefore, if we stick upon men, we forget the principle, after the manner of dogs, who, if a man do cast a stone at them, fall to, biting of the stone, to wreck themselves, and regard not the hand that threw it. Even so are we unpurified of wit when we think our striving is but only with men, and in the meanwhile think not upon our invisible enemy. Wherefore, let us bethink us well of the thing that St. Paul telleth us here, namely that Satan is the chief enemy that we have, yea, and that it is he whom we must withstand, and although he use diverse means to vex us and to turn us away from the fear of God, yet must we always have our eye upon him, that we may beware of him." Again, a man might think it strange that St. Paul should say that the devils are the principalities of the air, the lordships and powers of heaven, and the princes of the world, for a man would deem that he matcheth them against God. Now, although some heretics in old time have abused this place, intending to have made, as it were, two beginnings, so as God should be lettered to maintain himself against Satan, and to defend those whom he hath taken into his protection, yet notwithstanding, if we have an eye to St. Paul's intent, this question will be easily resolved. And why? For here is no talk of any power that the devil should have, as it were, in despite of God, to advance himself against him. For we must rather stand fully resolved of this point, that the devil is the executor of God's judgments, and cannot attempt anything more than is granted and permitted him. 
If there were no more but this text of the first chapter of Job, where the devil appeared with the angels, who are named there the children of God, to get leave to do mischief, it ought to satisfy us thoroughly. True it is that he seeketh nothing else but to pervert and confound all things, but yet for all that God holdeth him bridled, and executeth what he thinks good by his means, insomuch that when the devils have devised what they can, Yet can they not attempt anything without God's leave, yea, and except he have ordained it, and given them express charge to do this or that. Yet notwithstanding, it is not for naught that St. Paul nameth them the powers and principalities of the air, for all this dependeth upon the things that he will speak anon concerning the darkness of the world. But that the devil should have superiority over mankind, which is shaped after the image of God, were against all reason, yea, if we had continued in our soundness, had we held out in the state wherein God created our father Adam, it is certain that the devil should not have had any advantage over us. But forasmuch as we be now overwhelmed with darkness and become thralls of our own nature, therefore the devil is named the prince of the world. Wherefore let us mark well that St. Paul, having so advanced the power of the devil, showeth us from whence all of it proceedeth, and what is the wellspring of it, to the intent then that we should not imagine that God's sovereign dominion is abated by any power of the devils. St. Paul saith that their power proceedeth of this, that this world is in darkness. True it is that the sun shineth upon us, and the moon also, but yet for all that we cease not to be plunged in the dungeon of death, and to be blind wretches, because we be banished from the light of life which is in God. Inasmuch then as we be destitute of the knowledge of him that made and fashioned all things, and have our wits entangled in all naughtiness, and our reason is utterly perverted, therefore doth Satan reign over us. And so the question is dissolved, which might have been demanded, namely how the devils are named the princes of the air, and have such scope in this world which God hath created. That cometh not of the original order of nature, as I have declared already, but of the corruption that is happened through the fall of man. Howsoever the case stand, the devils have such power over us as we could not tell how to withstand them unless God were both our shield and our wall, and served our turn at all assails, yea, and fought for us at such time as we can do nothing at all. I say we must mark well that, and also beat down the foolish presumption which is so rooted in our hearts as it is right hard for us to weed it out. For we see how men do always vaunt themselves and would make themselves as idols." But how speaks the scripture of them? It calleth them the devil's slaves. So long then as we have not Jesus Christ for our king, and his seat is unset upon by reason of Adam's fall, the devil must needs be our prince, and have all authority over us, and we be subject unto him. Now let men make as great bravery as they list, and challenge this and that to themselves, and yet notwithstanding the thing that the Holy Ghost hath spoken must continue soothfast. For unrepealable is the definitive sentence that is given here, that is to wit that the devil is our prince, and we his subjects, held down under his thraldom, until we be set free by our Lord Jesus Christ, according to this saying in the 8th of St. John, that it is he which maketh us free, to the end we should depart out of the cursed tyranny and bondage of Satan. Now seeing we be as wretched folk overthrown, and the devil is over our heads, and hath gotten the upper hand of us already, if we be not rescued after a wonderful manner... There is good cause why we should stoop, as I declared already this morning, and distrust the strength that we surmise ourselves to have of our own, for it is nothing else than deceitfulness. Also there is wherewith to quicken up our carefulness, to make us resort unto God, and to pray him that he forsake us not, nor suffer us to be given up as a prey to our enemies. 
and finally to make every man to strain himself, knowing that altogether we ourselves do nothing, yet doth God work in such wise by us, as he will not have us to be as blocks, but he will have us exercise our faith and to be as men of war, to serve him in battle, so as the stops that we encounter restrain us not from keeping on our course still, but that we outstand all the ambushes and assaults that are put to us. Thus ye see in effect how we must put this text in your and he concludeth again that we must hold our own to resist the wicked days until we be far settled after the performance of all. Here he putteth us in mind again that it is not enough for us to have fought stoutly for a month or for a year, but that we must hold out to the end, yea, even all our life long. For God hath set us in this world to maintain the battle until we be come to the rest of heaven. The earth, then, is not only as a pilgrimage to the faithful, but also as a camp where we must always have enemies to trouble us night and day without ceasing. That is the cause why St. Paul saith expressly that we must resist till we have finished and performed all things. And by the evil days he meaneth all our life, but specially the times when our Lord suffereth us to be pinched more than ordinary. For although God try us to the end, yet doth he forbear us now and then. For if he had not pity of our weakness, what would become of us? It is true that we must not take truce with Satan, but yet doth God sometimes give us respites, so as we be not grieved with extremity. The evil days, therefore, are, when there be great and in manner extreme temptations and trials, howbeit that all our whole life is comprehended under the same words. It is true that that impeacheth not our continual happiness, but that God taketh us still for his people and heritage, but yet shall there always be that evilness whereof St. Paul speaketh here. Then let us not make an account of an earthly paradise here beneath, or to reap here the fruit of our victory, or to live in rest, but rather let us assure ourselves that miseries are prepared for us without ceasing or number. Wherefore let us be armed to abide them, and to overcome them. And it is no pleading against God's will in this behalf, it is very true that he could handle us much gentlier, and that he could so set us alone by ourselves as our enemies should not come at us, nor we suffer any vexation, but it liketh him not to do so. Therefore we must bow down our necks, and every of us buckle himself to the battle that God calleth us unto. For, as saith St. Peter, it is good reason that our faith, which is much preciouser than gold and silver, should be tried. Seeing that a corruptible metal is fined by fire, should our faith, which is much more excellent, be kept from coming to his pureness and perfection. Therefore, let us think well upon that which is said here, namely, that we must finish things or go through with them. And that is to the end that no man should cocker himself when he hath held his own for a while and taken great pain in employing himself to God's service, but that he should walk on still to the end, and put the thing in you which St. Paul showeth us in another place, even by his own example. For although he had done so notable things, as a man might say, that God should have held him quite, and given him some rest for his often fighting, both by sea and by land, diverse ways, yet notwithstanding, he saith, he forgetteth all that is past, and straineth and enforceth himself still forward, that he may attain to the fellowship of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. For what causeth a number to take so great liberty, but that they think themselves to have done enough, and may give others leave to take their turn? Why not, say they? It is now a twenty or thirty years that I have taken extreme pains without ceasing, and the world hath seen my faithfulness, zeal, and care which I have had to serve God, and my diligence in doing the things that my charge required. And thereupon they conclude that now, therefore, they may well take rest. We must not so indent with God." 
But whatsoever we have done, we must forget that which is behind, saith St. Paul, and look forward to the thing that is yet to come, that is to wit, that we be not yet come to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, but that there are many infirmities in us still, and our faith is not yet so thoroughly well fined, but that it had need to be brought again to the furnace and the fire. And therefore let us hold out till we have finished all things. And what is meant by this all? that having lived in the obedience of our God, we die likewise when it pleaseth him and according to his will. For it is not enough for us to live in awe of him, but we must also, even in our death, yield record that we be wholly his, and we must not covet to lie here until we be weary of our life, but we must always have one foot lifted up to depart when it pleaseth God. So then all is then finished, when we have lingered in this world as long as pleaseth God, and every man endeavoured to live according to his calling, and been patient to the end. Finally, be it that we live, or be it that we die, let us always be true sacrifices to offer ourselves unto God, and let us seek nothing but to yield up our souls and our bodies into God's hand. Therefore, let us stand fast, saith St. Paul, that is to say, that we may be able to show ourselves before God. Hereupon he showeth with what manner of armour we must be fenced and furnished, that is to wit, with faith, with righteousness, with truth, with God's word, and with the gospel. Now we must not be curious in seeking here why St. Paul giveth the title of helmet to one, the title of breastplate to another, and the title of shield to another. For in the first epistle to the Thessalonians he toucheth the same doctrine briefly, howbeit without following the similitude throughout, saying that we must be armed with the helmet of faith and charity, but he speaketh otherwise in this place. If any man would say there is some contradiction, the doubt would soon be dissolved, namely, that St. Paul's intent here was not to decipher particularly all the pieces of a Christian man's armour, but to show briefly that if we receive the means that God offereth us, and be diligent to serve him, we shall be furnished of all pieces, and we need not fear, but we shall have wherewith to withstand all our enemies, yea, and to vanquish them. That then was St. Paul's meaning. Now he setteth down here, first of all, that we must be girt with the sword girdle of truth, and put on the headpiece of righteousness. By those two words he meaneth soundness and holiness of life. Therefore, whensoever we hear this word truth, let us understand that St. Paul condemneth all hypocrisy, and will have us learn to give ourselves to the serving of God with a free heart, not with eye service, nor as to the sight of the world, but with a pure and right-meaning mind. And to know why this soothfastness or uprightness and this soundness is put for a breastplate, it is not now needful to trouble ourselves much, as I said afore. For the point that we must bear in mind is how St. Paul sheemeth us, that if we take the armour which God giveth us, we shall be sure without fail to have victory against all our enemies. Righteousness is matched with it, which is a true rule whereby to walk in the fear of God, and to live with our neighbours without doing any harm, without fraud, without malice, and without extortion, and rather to endeavour to do one another good according to the end to which our Lord hath knit us together, which is that we should so communicate with our neighbours, that no man be wedded to his own profit, but all of us seek the common welfare. And no marvel now, though the devil overcome us easily, and steal upon us all kind of ways unawares, both evening and morning and every minute. For where is this soundness that St. Paul requireth here, first of all? Nay, rather every of us flattereth himself, and we think we have done much when we have used a few fair countenances, and not been utter rebels against God, so as the world cannot upbraid us that we have been despisers of his majesty. 
Then, if we play not the stark bedlams, but pretend some fair show, and make some gay countenance of religion, to our own seeming, we have discharged our duty very well, when, notwithstanding, the devil in the meanwhile hath turned us quite away from the soundness and substantialness whereof St. Paul speaketh here. In like case is it with righteousness, for we would fain content God with a little. Indeed, we will confess well enough with the mouth, that it is reason that God should be served and honoured, and that we should live quietly together and endeavour to do one another good. We will condemn robbery, extortion, whoredom, deceit, and wrong-dealing, but yet, when all is done, we would have God to accept in good worth the little that he findeth in us, and to hold him contented with it. But by that means, behold, the devil findeth us still unprovided. Forasmuch, then, as we open him such a gap, we must not marvel that he getteth the better hand of us, and therefore it were much better for us to go through with our race, and to stick to our tackling that we stand fast. For a man shall see diverse that have a good zeal, and far as he can be judged, and yet it shall be but a blast, it will not continue. And why? Because we be not fenced against Satan. And for proof hereof, if we follow the thing that is showed us here, it is certain that the promise will never deceive us. For although St. Paul exhort the faithful to stand fast, and to hold out to the end, yet is there a certain warranties included therein, that God will always succour them at their need, and that they shall not find themselves disappointed. So they fight still under his banner, calling continually upon his power, and using the means that are offered them by his word. Therefore, if there be such cowardliness in us as to be so afraid of the devil that he makes us to tumble down and to start aside, and to stray quite out of the good way, we must impute all to our own recklessness, because we have not put on the armour that God giveth us, but have hanged them up upon a pin. Afterward here followeth that we should be shod with preparation to the gospel of peace. No doubt, but St. Paul had an eye to the ancient fashion of men of war. For they wore no shoes at home, but only when they went a warfare and that was both to defend them from the cold and to save their feet when they entered into battle with the enemy. It is said that the gospel serveth us for it. Howbeit, there are two other words to be marked also, in that he addeth preparation and peace. Notwithstanding that we may lay forth things in their order, let us note that St. Paul allotteth to the gospel this power and property of shewing of us, because that when we be trained in the doctrine of the gospel as we ought to be, then we may walk safely through the world. For we see how the unbelievers are plunged ever head and ears in it. Those whom God hath not prepared to walk and to attain to the kingdom of heaven are so snarled in this world that they be altogether unprofitable, as though they had their legs broken and they sink themselves daily deeper and deeper in it. Therefore, there is but one only way to make us wade through this world and to attain to the kingdom of heaven, which is to have such instruction as is in the gospel, namely that God, having adopted us to be his children, will not have us to dwell here beneath forever, but that we should come unto him, yea, even with all haste and speed, and again, that we intermeddle not ourselves with the uncleanness of the unbelievers, but separate ourselves from them. Thus much concerning the first point. There is also the word preparation, whereby St. Paul doeth us to understand that if we have the skill to advantage ourselves by the gospel, we shall be rid of all things that let us and hinder us from coming unto God. What is it then that we find there? It is that whereas erst we were, as it were, fallen asleep, or rather 
doted in our pleasures and vanities, our Lord disposeth us to come unto him. We have seen already that all this world is in darkness, and that as long as we abide in it, we be, as it were, asleep, so as we see no way before us, and do but reel and stumble, or rather lie along in it as dead men. As it is said in Isaiah, and if we be not rescued by our Lord Jesus Christ, we must lie snorting in it still, and welter ever in that darkness. Wherefore, let us learn to put ourselves in such readiness, as our loins may be girded up, as saith our Lord Jesus Christ, and our lamps be burning in our hands, that we may see the way by the light that is given us in our Lord Jesus Christ, who not without cause is named the light of the world. Again, let us withdraw ourselves from this spiritual drunkenness, which turneth the unbelievers away from the kingdom of heaven, and holdeth them down here beneath, until they be come unto final destruction. Therefore let us mark well that we cannot profit well by the gospel until we be put in readiness, that is to say, until, as need is, we be weeded out from all these things here below, and our Lord have so disposed us to himself as our only travel may be to come always forwarder and nearer unto him until we be gone out of this world, and be also quite rid and set loose from all the bonds of Satan and from all the means that he hath to hinder us. If we know this once, we shall have profited well for one day. But St. Paul addeth one other title to the gospel, which serveth to make us the more in love with it, saying that it is the gospel of peace. And thereby he giveth us courage to fight, as if he should say, My friends, it is true that your enemies are mighty, and will give you hard skirmishes, insomuch that ye should not be able to withstand them, but ye should be overthrown a hundred thousand times in an hour, if God aided you not. Nevertheless, if ye refuse not the succour that God giveth you, but rather make it effectual by enforcing yourselves to withstand all evil, ye shall have peace in the midst of war. And why? For the gospel bringeth always that benefit with it. Now it is much when we can fight without being afraid, for we see in what taking they be from time to time which are out of quiet. There is neither counsel nor advice in them. They be quiet out of heart, and to be short, the trouble doth always dismay them. But yet it is true that we must have a care with us, as hath been said afore. For if we be reckless, we shall be overwrought by and by. Howbeit this care is no let or impediment, but that we may enter into the battle freely with a steady and well-settled mind, forasmuch as God is on our side and will utter his mighty power in our defence. This is the thing that ought to make us quiet, so as no such fear attach us, as may make us to turn head or disfurnish us of advice, but that the more we be pinched, the more we may flee unto God, praying him to succour us and to provide for all our needs, which he knoweth much better than we ourselves do. Now then, we see what St. Paul's meaning is, when he will have us to be shod with the gospel. It is not to hold us in this world, but rather that we should be in a readiness to travel freely towards the kingdom of heaven, and moreover have a quiet mind to serve God, trusting assuredly that notwithstanding all the troubles which we have to endure, yet we shall not perish. For he assureth us not only to succour us in some one assault, but to continue with us unto the end, even till he have delivered us from all the griefs and troubles which we sustain at this day. There is further that we must above all things take the shield or buckler of faith and the spiritual sword which is God's word. 
As touching this shield, he setteth down that by means thereof we may beat back the burning or fiery darts which the enemy hurleth at us. It should seem that St. Paul useth here a needless speech in putting God's word and faith asunder, and that he should not set down two things which are but one. For faith is nothing of itself, further forth than it is grounded upon God's word, and God's word also advantageth us not, except we receive it by faith. But his distinguishing of these two things, which notwithstanding go jointly together, was for the easier declaring of them. And he setteth faith for the buckler, to the end, saith he, that we should therewith ward all the darts of our enemy. Yet again he showeth us that of our own power we be not able to ward the blows that Satan could give us, but that they would be deadly, for he thinks it not enough to say simply to ward the blows or assaults, but he saith the darts. Now men see that one shall sooner be hit unawares with darts than with spears or swords, like as nowadays shall sooner be hit with a hagabus or with a double cannon than with a sword that is swinged before one's face, and which he may more easily shun. St. Paul therefore setteth down the devil's darts, like as he had erst set down his wiles. Now then let us mark that Satan not only useth force, but also might wound us to death by subtle means, if we were not fenced by faith. For, as is said elsewhere, it behoveth us to know his wiles, and without we do so we can never withstand him. He is the father of lying, and besides that, hath such store of wiles as none can have more, to beguile us and to entrap us. Therefore let us receive these warnings, that we may be the more waking, to apply the promises to our behoof which are given us in God's word. And he setteth down fiery darts, to show that his wounds should be deadly, as I said afore, if God did not set his power afore us, and defend us and preserve us thereby. Now we see what the force of faith is. Now look how much is attributed to faith, so much is taken away from men. For faith borroweth all things of God's mere grace and liberality. Therefore let us mark that in this text St. Paul meant to humble us, and to show us that God must be fain to provide us of all things belonging and requisite to our victory, and therefore whosoever maketh themselves shields of any of all the other bulwarks that can be devised to repulse Satan withal, they shall have but a spider's web, as they say, and Satan will but sport him at their presumption, insomuch that when they wean, they have all the mountains of the world to fortify them, it shall profit them nothing at all at their need. Wherefore, let us learn to make faith our buckler, that is to say, when we mind to enter into the battle and to hold out in it. Let us consider that God is our Father, because he hath elected and chosen us for his children of his own infinite goodness." seeing he hath assured us that he will always be on our side, and that he is greater than all the world, and that he hath put us in good and safe keeping by ordaining that our Lord Jesus Christ to be our shepherd. Let us gather all those promises together, and make a shield of them, to set before us, whensoever we be assailed. And let us defy the devil, because we be in the protection of our God, who is of invincible power, and because our Lord Jesus Christ hath taken upon him the charge of our salvation, and promised to be a faithful keeper of our souls to the end. When we be once at that point, then shall we beat back the darts of the devil. For on the one side he will labour to make us distrust of God's grace, and on the other side he will make us believe that our Lord Jesus Christ is far off from us, yea, and he will tempt us to murmur and grudge against him, or to make us cast forth trifling and unprofitable questions, or else blasphemies, 
and such other things, and all these are darts. Again, when we be tickled with any wicked lust or longing in our hearts, it is the next way for us to be taken tardy. True it is, that at the first blush these allurements will seem neither bitter nor irksome nor hard nor anything else, but yet for all that they be deadly darts, and yet notwithstanding faith beateth them all back. As how? If we be tempted to covetousness, because we be afraid lest the earth should fail us, God hath taken upon him the charge to nourish and sustain us, and so let us rest upon him and ask our daily bread at his hand. If the devil labour to win us to whoredom, we know that Jesus Christ hath incorporated us into himself, and made us his own members, to be all one with him. And shall we go spoil ourselves in dung and filthiness? What a dealing were that! He hath set us free and cleansed us by his blood. And shall we go wallow again in our uncleanness? Are we provoked to gluttony? And why not? Hath not God created victuals to our use? Yes, but shall we defile and overthrow the order that God hath set, which is that we should be sustained by them, thereby to be directed to the heavenly life? And shall we turn the things to our hindrance, which ought to be our help? Again, are we tempted with ambition to glorify ourselves? Yea, but what example hath our Lord Jesus Christ set before us? Moreover, if we covet to be great in this world, we shall be enemies to God, for he resisteth the proud so as their pride and presumption must needs be pulled down. Thus ye see how we may every way beat back the darts of Satan. And again, if any man oppose thee, saying, How canst thou tell whether thou shalt be ever the better, or no, for all thy travel? Where is the thing that the gospel promiseth? Faith must work in this case, for we see not the reward that is promised, but rather we see store of troubles, encounters, and sorrows. To be short, we seem to be the miserablest creatures in the world. And what shall we do then? We should needs quail every minute of an hour, if God reached us not his hand. And how take we hold of his hand? That is to say, how do we advantage ourselves by his power? Faith must be fain to work in this behalf. That is to say, we must look up to the things that are not seen, as the apostle saith in the epistle to the Hebrews. After that manner shall we beat back Satan's darts. Now, finally, he addeth the word, which, as I said afore, ought not to be separated from faith. But I have told you already that St. Paul meant to add that saying for a further declaration of the matter, as if he had said, My friends, whereas I told you that you might withstand your enemies and beat back all their darts by the means of faith, it is because God's word cannot fail you. For as much then as ye have the promises of salvation, and God speaketh to you, so as you know that he hath you in his keeping, and that you cannot be confounded. If you trust him, therefore did I set faith before you as a buckler. Howbeit, if you have faith, ye have more bucklers than one. For God's word is the true spiritual sword, whereby we may not only beat back our enemy, but also discomfort him, and beat him down under our feet. What remaineth now, but to learn to profit ourselves better by God's word, than we have done hitherto? Seeing then that our Lord Jesus Christ granteth us this inestimable grace and benefit of teaching us in his school, let us consider therewithal to what end he doeth it, that is to wit, to arm us against Satan, because we cannot live in his obedience and keep the way that he showeth us, but by fighting, and he also doth give us armour. So then let us assure ourselves that we have a good sword, when we can skill to apply God's word to our use, and moreover that faith, which proceedeth thereof, will be a good shield for us. 
Also, we shall have the helmet of the hope of salvation, and to be short, we shall be thoroughly fenced and furnished on all sides. For thereof cometh the soundness of conscience and holiness of life, which he hath spoken of. Finally, we shall want nothing, if we can skill to use well the means that God setteth forth for our warfare. So then, albeit that the state of the faithful seem to be as irksome as may be, because God exerciseth them against all the devils in hell, and that not for one day only, but for all the time of their life, yet must we think it right sweet and amiable, seeing God provideth for all our needs. At leastwise so we awake, and consider the dangers wherein we be, saving that we resist them. Let us consider, I say, on the one side Satan's violence and force, and on the other side his crafts and subtleties. And therewithal let us call upon our God, as St. Paul will show us again hereafter, and also consider the commodity that God's word bringeth us. And hereby we see how the wretched papists have stripped themselves stark naked out of all the armour that should serve them for their salvation. For what is the word of God among them? A nose of wax. They have not been ashamed to belk out that blasphemy, both in their books and also in their sermons, namely, that there is no certainty in God's word. Yea, but we did wrong to call it the spiritual sword, if it armed us not against all the assaults of Satan. Therefore we could not repulse the temptations wherewith we be provoked to evil, unless God's word served us thereto. And if we found it not so by experience, surely St. Paul would never have given it that name. Now then, let us endeavour to profit more and more by it, and let us be good scholars, and give good care to it, while God hath his mouth open to teach us, and we shall find that St. Paul hath not in vain promised us here that we shall ever get the upper hand, even till we be come to the heavenly kingdom, where we shall fully enjoy the fruit of our victory. Now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God, with acknowledgement of our faults, praying him to make us feel them better, and that in the meanwhile we may always resort unto him, and not be out of heart, although we be too too unworthy to offer ourselves before his majesty, nor quail because of our vices and imperfections, but that seeing it hath pleased him to be on our side, he make the remedies to serve at our need, which he hath given us, as we desire them at his hand, and that we may endeavour to profit so in his word, as it may guide us forth to the end, so as we may not quail in any encounter, but that the devil may be confounded, and our Lord Jesus Christ exalted, because it is under him and by his power that we fight, and it is also he of whom our victory proceedeth, that it may please him to grant this grace, not only to us, but also to all people, etc. End of Sermon 46